Well, hello, and welcome back to another edition of Ghost Stories Told from the South. I am your host, Stephen LeBooth, and I got some skilly, skilly stuff for you today, boys and girls. Well, hope everybody's having a great day, a great week. Hope uh, you've been keeping it spooky and real. Just want to say... Thanks to everybody uh, for uh, for your support and downloading and keep uh, giving me more followers and stuff. Just want to say thanks, you know, guys. It's amazing. It's a long journey. And uh, it's awesome, dude. We're going to be getting into season three pretty soon, and I'm ready. But, yeah, I just want to give a quick shout-out to everybody who follows and downloads and who likes the show and listens, so hope I don't screw it up too much with my dyslexic-ass reading. You know, when I'm all... Alright, but anyways, thank you guys. And if you're on the YouTube right now, hit that subscribe button. We're getting more uh, got more people on YouTube liking our stuff too. So, I think it'll be, uh, it's going to be great, man. It's going to be great. But yeah, I guess I'll uh, quit talking my ass off and we'll get on with some stories. What do you say, guys? Now, these stories I got, excuse me, are from around America. Excuse me. And it's just haunted woods, uh, creatures, stuff like that, what I found. So I'm going to be doing that for a little bit. And then eventually I'll get back to just doing some ghost shit, too. But without further ado, let's get on with our first story. All right. Our first story is the Wolf Girl of Devil River in Texas. Now, I've never heard of this one, so hopefully it's pretty good. It sounded pretty interesting when I was just scanning through it. Okay. One day, a boy returned home, and on that day, he told his parents of a story as... A story as... I can't even say whore. Horrifying. Let's start this again. Okay, the boy returned home one day and told his parents of a story that was as horrifying as it was unbelievable. He had gone to he had gone to San Felipe Springs, north of what is now Del Rio, Texas, to tend to his family's goat herd. He said he arrived in time to find a pack of wolves attacking the uh, terrified stock. Among the wolves, he continued, was a strange creature, though running on all fours like other wolves. It appeared to be a naked girl. The beautiful Devil's Devil's River, which which flows 94 miles from Sutton to Velvet, Valvardi County uh, belongs to Texas, but the story of the Devil's River Wolf Girl belongs to the world. The tale had begun part of a border <coughs> country folklore, even before the river got its name in modern na- in modern time, in September of 1884. That happened to be when former Texas Ranger Captain Jack Hayes and a party of men hoping to blaze a wagon 
a a rag a wagon road from San Angelo to El Paso, round up on the uh, they rode up on the stream, looking down on it from a bluff in the middle of nowhere. Hayes listed as a as his guide told him they had reached the San Pedro Pedro River. Saint Peter's hills supposedly spat. It looks like the Devil's River to me. Wow. Thirteen years earlier, in 1835, an Englishman named John Dent and his pregnant wife, Molly Portrell Denton, came to the uh, San Pedro Devil's River and built a crud shelter. Originally from Georgia, the couple had came to the uh, remote area so Dent could trap beaver along the Devil's uh, River, north of present Del Rio. The camp, they camped near what would uh, become Juno at a spot on the river he named Beaver Lake. All went well until one night during a thunderstorm that May when uh, Molly... That May, when Molly went out, went, okay, all went well until one night during a thunderstorm that May, when Molly went into labor, when it became evident that she was having problems, didn't sadly, didn't saddled up to ride to the uh, home of a Mexican goat herder to get help for his wife. After explaining the situation, Denton was struck by lightning and killed. Holy shit. That's messed up. Could you imagine getting through telling the story that your wife is in labor and having problems and he needs help? And pow. That's crazy. The goat herder and perhaps others rode to the lake only to find Molly dead. She clearly had managed to deliver her baby, but it was nowhere to be seen. Nothing, oh, nothing wolf tracks all around, nothing but wolf tracks all around the campsite. The Mexicans include, or I don't mean to say racist say, saying that, but that's what the freaking paper says. Anyways, they uh, concluded a wolf had devoured the uh, newborn. Decades later, the story goes, people began to see a naked girl running with the wolves. Though the boy who reported the first sighting was not believed, a couple of years later, a Mexican man said he had seen two large wolves and a naked girl ripping into the carcass of a uh, freshly killed goat. As she neared the uh, creatures, she said they ran off. At first, the girl traveled on her hands and legs, but eventually got up on her legs to keep up with the uh, fleeing wolves. Soon others claim to have seen the wolf girl at some at some point no dates were given with its part of the story a group of uh travelers rode out and managed to capture oh a couple of visual andes guys back then they had groups like this that would get together and go take care of some maybe indians that killed a settler family or a bad guy robbed a bank and killed someone got away or 
that just kind of get these parties together and take law into their own hands. Well, that's what happened here. They captured the wolf girl in a canyon. The the guys that took her to, then the guys took her to a nearby ranch and offered her food and water and clothing, all of which she rejected. Uh, Locked in a room, she howled pitifully before long. Other wolves answered her calls, and the howling kept getting closer and closer. Finally, a pack of wolves closed in on the ranch owners and their livestock. Oh, and had the in uh, corralled the livestock up. As the ventral Annie shot at the uh, drive, shot to drive off the attacking uh, wolves, the girl broke out of the broke out of captivity and disappeared into the night with the other animals. The next morning, the vigilantes mounted up again in search of the wolf girl but their effort proved uh fruitless her last reporting her last reporting sighting came in 1852 she's clearly dead by now stories of humans raised by wolves go back to a long time all the way to the classic tale of uh, rumus and remus while the story had its origins in the days of Roman of the Roman Empire, the Indians seems to, uh, to be the uh, locals for the mo- uh, most wolf girl stories. That's crazy. Could you imagine seeing something like that? But you never know. Something like that could happen to you. Uh, give me a minute here. I'm getting my other my other story ready, and I'm going to get a drink of water. All right, well, let's take a quick break and we'll get to the other story. Well, how's everybody doing today? It's your good old friend Uncle Dickie from Borderline Texas Trash. The most popular podcast in the world today. It's climbing up the charts faster than freaking slime on a stein, baby. Well, if you're wondering, what the hell is Borderline Texas Trash about? And who is it, some bitch Uncle Boo? Well, Uncle Boo is the most recognizable voice in podcasting today, baby. We're going to get funky like a monkey on some ton of greens. I'm coming in on white lightning, baby, on a silver saddle to bring you the best of borderline Texas trash, baby. I'm your host of the show, Uncle Boo. We go over everything. We do a little bit of politics at the end, but not much. I don't step into that bullshit a whole lot. But we have fun. I go over stupid world news of the day, talk about... Uh, stuff from the past, what the cost of living or stuff was like that. And we just talk about all sorts of fucking fun facts, do a little joking around. And my niece joins the show sometimes. We do a little segment called Ash Handy's Garage on Friday nights, baby. That's our live show we do sometimes. And then I got the uncle that I talked to down in uh, Booseville, Louisiana. And he calls sometimes. And we have a little show called Uncle Dickie's Kona. So you guys come check out Texas Borderline, Borderline Texas Trash, baby. I know you will love it. We are on every platform you can think of. Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeart. Uh, I mean, we're on everything. We're even on Podbean, man. We even got our own YouTube channel. We even got an Instagram account, and we got our Facebook account. 
So go check us out, man. And come listen to the show. You'll get to listen to Ash Handy, Uncle Boo, Uncle Dicky, and all the most recognizable voices in this motherfucking podcast in the world today, babies. Because we will get funky like a monkey, I guarantee it. Let's just say, baby, I've wine and dine with kings and queens, slept in dumpsters, ate pork and beans, baby. But I am your host of the show, Uncle Boo, Borderline Texas Trash. Don't forget about it. If you want to listen to a show to just get your mind off this crazy world and all the COVID and politics bullshit, <coughs> come check my show out. Come check me and my crazy family out. Some of the shit we do, we do live uh, shows from the barbecue. So I'll see you later. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed that little commercial. Let's get on with the next story. All right, the next story is the Old House Woods in Virginia. Legend has it that there are several different treasures that were buried here. Uh, Okay, legend has it. Sorry, guys, I'm having technical difficulties. Okay, over the past two centuries... There have been reports of uh, uh, paranormal and various sorts of of creatures roaming these woods and the waters. The first, uh, first of all, the name, the old old house woods, may seem a bit strange. However, for years in the middle of these woods of Heaven Beach Road. There is an old, de- uh, an old decrepitating house that stood for over a century and was subject to many ghostly encounters. As early as 1798, there have been eyewitnesses accounts of strange happenings near these near that stretch of woods. Travelers on horseback have claimed that they have claimed that their horses were spooked and very fearless so they passed the, they passed through these woods many say some were enter, entered the many say that some who entered the house seeking treasures or otherwise were never seen again ooh folks living near the woods would report that their children would return from playing there all day, telling tales of seeing many strange things, such as a ghostly revolutionary war soldier, skeleton pirates wielding wielding swords, and strange glowing balls of light. That would scare the shit out of me as a kid. Some of these tales... Pulped local residents to forbid their children children from entering those woods, especially at night. The old house burned and uh, burned to the foundation long ago, but the uh, era the eerie stories continue still to this day. The first treasure, the first treasure that was ever, whoops that was ever lost according to legend was the pirates who were attracted by the allure of a marshy expanse of uh, woodland of the white of white of white's creek decided that it would be an excellent place for a for to bury some of their treasure 
So they tied up, they tied up along the banks of the creek and buried their bo- buried their booty, their uh, treasure. That's what they called their treasure back then, booty. They found they uh, buried their booty in the woods. It's said that unfortunately for the pirates that perished at sea in the terrible storm and was never able to receive their treasure. However, they return on occasion searching for their lost loot as we all, as, as, as you will see. In 1861, after the Battle of Winchester in England, Charles II fled Europe and headed for the uh, Jamestown and the newfound territories in America to hide. After a fierce storm, his treasure ship mysteriously ended up on the White Rocks. All righty. Deciding to hide uh, to hide Charles, hide Charles's treasure for safekeeping in a remote stretch of forest, they began unloading the chest from the ship when suddenly they were ambushed and robbed. The perpetrators buried both the chest and the bodies of some of the crew in the woods. However, they were captured and put to death. It is said that the uh, treasure chest of Charles II is still buried somewhere in the woods still to this day, guarded by the uh, phantom crew that was buried with it. Many claim that sometimes at night the uh, lanterns and sounds of the... uh, uh, phenom, uh, phenom robbers who return to their uh, plunder can be seen and heard in the night digging away in the darkness. That would be some weird shit. In 1781, during the Revolutionary War, when General Cornwallis was fleeing the uh, Patriot advance, <coughs> it is said that, the, that they despised Despite a large stash of gold and silver coins and other plunder taken from civilians in the old house woods, they were never allowed to return to the area. They surrendered, and it is believed that the British plundered it. Plundered is still hidden here to this day. Hence the saying of the revolutionary soldiers marking through the old house woods. Long ago... Long ago, during the time when steamships were taking over the late 19th century, a fisherman reported that he was fishing just off the entrance of White Creek when a full-mass sailing ship appeared coming in front of the uh, Chesapeake Bay. Oh, you gotta flip it, dummy. Making no sound at all, it moved to the creek. Mysteriously, the ship passed by him and sailed right right up on the beach. And across the shore, uh, and across the shore road into the uh, old house woods. And it appeared to be floating above the ground. Ooh. There, uh, there have also been reports of phenom, of phenom, of... Of phantom uh, of a phantom Spanish galen in the full sail floating periodically above the treetops as if they were uh, on water. 
So basically, it's floating on top of the trees like it would water. Apparently, the phenom vessel, I mean the phantom vessel, raises out of the uh, White River and sails into the trees. The ship would stop and ghostly pirates would pour over the side of the ship and down on the ground. The phantom pirates have been seen roaming around as if searching for something. Some have uh, been seen digging in certain spots in the old house woods. May, many believe that there are pirates who died at the at sea, returning their claim to the hidden treasure. Yeah. Sorry, guys. A ghostly spirit has been seen rising from the waters and wandering along the beach road. A woman in white. Oh, my God. Here we go with another woman in white. I mean, I'm not bitching about the story, but God, you know how many women there's women in white stories are with water? Okay, a woman in white known as the storm woman who wails when a storm draws near. Warning those of impending danger. Another uh, spiritual inhabitant of the old house woods is the headless dog. There have been many reports by visitors of the haunted forest that hear the sound of a bark uh, or hear the sounds of barking hounds. As the sounds grow near to the horror of these witnesses, and headless black hounds would appear from the woods and begin to chase them out of the forest, only to eventually disappear into the darkness. Now that would be some crazy stuff. Many of these attempted to find the treasure of the uh, old house woods. They, uh, they have disappeared, so the people that have went to look for it disappear. Once a man entered the woods scratch, uh, searching for the lost treasure and later his boat was found floating in the bay with restless, with releases in it from the past. Oh, with relics from the past. I'm sorry. That's weird. His boat was found. He was gone, but there was relics from the past in there. This is a creepy place. We might have to check it out. However, the owner was never found. A previous... Uh, as previously mentioned, many who have entered the old house in the woods when it was still uh, standing have never been seen again. Today, the stretch of forest known as Old House Woods is privately owned, and they do not have, and they do not appreciate trespassers. So, if you go looking for the lost treasure, you better get their permission. I wouldn't look for it. I mean, yeah, it'd be cool to find, but. Uh, the proof is in the pudding. Look how many people have gone missing. Yeah. Oh, slender me, slender. Okay. All right. Let's see how many more stories I got now. I still got one, two pretty good ones. All right. Sounds spooktacular. All right, well, I'm going to get a drink, and I will be right back. We're going to take a little break, play a commercial. Excuse me, and I'll be right back. 
You ever look up at the sky at night and look at the stars and wonder, are we the only ones really out here? Have you ever wondered how much our government hides from us? Have you ever wondered why so many mysteries go unsolved? What really happens? What's the clues? What's the evidence? Ever wonder if Bigfoot or Mothman is real? Then, if so, come listen to this podcast called What's Really, really, out, really there. out There. And I am your host, Stephanie Booth. And, and I am my your co host, Stephen Booth, Hafaja. And if you're into UFOs, Unsolved urban murders, le- unsolved murders, mysteries, uh, unexplained stuff that happened, urban legends. We're into all of that. Conspiracy stuff, too. We go dive into that. So if you're looking for a new podcast that tells that kind of stuff, then you uh, need to listen to what's, what's really, really out, out there. there. And we are on Spotify and iHeart and Pandora, I think. But we are pretty much on every platform. Mm-hmm. We have a YouTube channel, too, or channel. So go check that out. It's called What's Really Out There. So come check us out. Once again, I'm your co-host, Stephen Booth. And I'm your host, Stephanie Booth. And this is What's What's Really Really Out There. We'll see you at the next episode, guys. Okay, I hope you liked that one. Our next story is the Freetown Fall River State. This is in southern eastern Massachusetts. As more stories come out that focus <clears throat> on that part of the state, more people re- will return their return their heads to what is happening there and how the histor- history of this rural town is both a black mark on who who we are and a warning from what and what our actions might bring out. Okay. Freetown was a Freetown has a higher than average number of hauntings. Most of the uh most of most are of the harmless uh, nature. For example, example, there is a rumor of a ghost that haunts the police station there. It seems uh, a dispatch died on the night night shift while on duty although she was although she was the main lifeline of the uh, building at night her presence was not missed until that until the morning the police on duty patrolling the streets and driving around just assumed it was a slow night they arrived hours later at ship if at shift change to find her body since uh since then several officers have come forward with the descriptions of a cloudy figure walking through the office while there is no future descriptions of this ghost it did not appear until after the dispatcher uh death and most of the officers attribute uh, attributed to her well, I mean, that makes sense if you're there for that long a time and you was like, you know, there for years. 
Okay, the real hauntings of the town created from the state forest there, the largest in the state. <clears throat> the forest is 5,441 acres, about 51 square miles, and it lies in a town of little more than 30 square miles with only 10,000 people living there. The majority is decided the majority is decided to a forest reserve in the Wampaga Wampagug reservation which was op, uh, open tribal meeting has open tribal meetings and acts meeting and acts as a meeting ground for for uh, other different tribes it seems to attract negative energy though from other parties of the state and draw it in, becoming uh, becoming the lightning rod for colts in the area and a symbol of the tension between current residents and the natives that once lived there. In 1978, one day before he was sent to uh, get married, 32-year-old James Carter kidnapped 15-year-old Mary Lou Aruda and eventually killed her. Her body was found bound to a tree in 1983. A newborn baby was dumped. Oh, my God. Wait, let's back that up. Okay. He killed her, and her body was found tie, uh, found bound to a tree. Oh, okay. No, okay, okay. I thought they meant they found her in 1983. I was like, holy shit, was there anything left of her body? But, no, this is a totally different incident. In 1983, a newborn baby was found dumped in the uh, trash can at a rest stop along the highway that borders the forest. That's fucking sad. I don't like hearing that shit. It really makes me mad. In 1987, a drifter from a nearby town was found dead in the forest. And then in 1988, two men were shot multiple times and killed during a dispute over a girl and a body was dug up for a... Uh, Oh, was dug up. Was dug up from one of the uh, cemetery body or cemeteries nearby. Oh my God, man! Some creepy shit happens here. I don't know if you guys want to go check that place out. It sounds. Uh, I mean, I'm not done, but it's sounding pretty fucking weird. And then uh, in 1998, a boy was found naked and beaten there were several uh, mutated cows found that were linked by local police to a cult. That's crazy. Perhaps the most famous case involving the forest involved uh, revolved around a local pimp, <laughs> a local pimp in the uh, killing of several local prostitutes. In the late 70s and early 80s, Carl Drew ran his business out of uh, Fall River and was implied in the uh, murder of the uh, last three women under him. One of the victims was dumped in the forest, and then a, an, an intentional investigation pointed to more cult activity. Several witnesses stopped forward, uh, stepped forward saying Drew was the leader of a satanic cult and that the girls had been part of, her, of his need for human sacrifice. 
They also said that he had witnessed uh, black masses in the uh, forest led by Drew. He was eventually found guilty and still remains in jail. In recent months, his case has been uh, reopened and the witnesses against him claim that they have been forced by the police to testify against him that no satanic activity had ever happened. And how do you explain some of that shit that went on? I mean, come on. People have different reasons why the town may attract the evil of it. Evil. Many believe it is much to do with the Bridgewater Triangle, the odd energy it seems to draw. Law enforcement says it has to do more with the town's location. They feel the distance to several larger towns and cities. In fact, it is surrounded by major highways and it is a relative insolution and makes it easier, makes it an easy target. Crimes are committed in other towns and uh, the evidence is dumped in Freetown or people wanting to stay away from the law enforcement find their way into the forest to get done what they need to get done. The Native Americans in the area have another explanation. Freetown was purchased in 1659 from the Wapagna tribe and became a town in 1683. The Native Americans in the area already believe that the land highly, the land that was highly scared in uh, Wamada. Oh, I guess Wamada. He sold the land, and it might not have uh, had the uh, backing of the tribe. So apparently, this dude goes and sells their shit, and don't tell them. All right. Okay, although the evil energy there seems to date back before then the purchase uh before the purchase of the property property this seems to mark the transfer of course to the settlers off to the uh, Wampanga. Many feel that the events of the area have turned its once gentle spirits spirits violent attracting evil to it, and to return fed by evil. Physics have no... A physic who has visited the area and the Native Americans both feel the horrible crimes and hauntings that will not stop until the tribe is given back the land. However, the cause, the Freetown State Forest is home to more than cults and unsolved murders. There are paths through the part of the forest that are large enough for a car, but people have learned not to drive <laughs> drive them at night. A person traveling uh, through kept seeing uh, glimpses outside the window as he uh, wind through the forest, speeding up. He saw a dark figure set up out of the forest and keep up with his car. With little effort, then he then disappeared. Other cars have been known to uh, break down or have their lights mysteriously go out here. 
one group of people was walking the road, joking and having fun, and saw a person walking towards them. They ran back to their car and saw an old man coming straight at them. And they called Batman. Straight at them like a zombie. She was she was covered in dirt like she had been buried and walked up in the car, tried to reach in. Another area of high, another area of high activity in the forest in the area known as the ledge. The forest the forest has been the site of many suicides over the years, but the ledges is the area where it's most favored. One man killed himself in front of his girlfriend, although although he had shown no signs of depression or an, or anxiety. Excuse me, before the forest. I mean, before entering the forest. And she didn't, I mean, they weren't fighting or anything. He just fucking jumped. Others have explained sudden feelings of guilt, like black cloud coming over them as they approach, as they approach the forest. One man out fishing with some friends in the pond below the uh, ledge witnessed six or seven people coming straight down to the ledge towards them. They disappeared and then reappeared in different places in the rock until the fishers ran back into the uh, ran back to their truck nearby. The people were no longer there and would not have been able to make it down the rock and return back to the top that fast. So, watch out for that place, guys. That was a pretty good little story, I think. Shoot. I didn't realize how long these stories are going to be this week. I think I hit a good gold mine. Heck, that was just a uh, story three. If I can ever get this. Sh okay. There's that. All right. I think after this big one I'm going to do right here, I'll cut it off for the rest of the night because this one's pretty big. It covers a lot. So it's a big trail too. So I'm going to go uh, take a little break. We'll be right back, you sucky buggies. Don't get too scared now. Go get you something to drink and relax. Then come back with Uncle. Come back with Stephen Labou. I've got one more good story, and it's good. It's got many, many tales. But we will be back. Well, I know what you're thinking. Another freaking wrestling podcast. How many can you have? <laughs> but the one thing that makes Hours different is what, Jackson? Wrestling 101 with Jackson. That's what makes it different right there because this is a kids' wrestling podcast. Not adults. Adults can listen to it, but we're, we encourage the kids to jump on board and yep. listen to it more. That's what the show's about. Just yep. me and my son. I'm Stephen Booth, the co-host. He is... The host, Jackson Booth. And all we do is just uh, talk, about talk about wrestling, go over Tutorials. some of the guys like Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold, older guys, Macho Man. And then we go over territories. Yep. You know, so. And belts. Yes, and some of the belts and the champions that came through. And we're just trying to open up the doors to kids to let them know that there was more out there than the WWE. Yep. 
And there's old school wrestling to look at. So that's mine and my son's mission, right, Jackson? Yep. Is to turn more people on to wrestling and get them numbers up like they were in the 90s. Yeah, because they were popping. Yes. So if you guys are interested out there about a, a kid's show listening or talking about wrestling, you can count on us. We will hook you up. So because if we you're are a, people. If you're a parent and you watch wrestling but your kids don't yet and you want a way to chime them in, turn them on to our show, man. We try to keep the shows 30 minutes to maybe 40 because <clears throat> I know it's hard for kids to sit still and listen for 30 minutes. I mean, my son, that's what we have to do 30 minutes because after 30 minutes, he starts getting restless over here. So if you're looking for a good show with some kid input and a kid's view and an adult view of uh, wrestling, that's what makes it different. This show right here is because it's hosted by a kid, not by an adult. And we're not big-time wrestling experts. We've never nope. wrestled. We just love wrestling, and we love talking about it, and we want to make our community bigger. Yep. So if you're interested in a kid's point of view of wrestling all that, then come listen to what, Jackson? Wrestling 101 with Jackson, and we have seen wrestlers up close before. Well, yes, we go to live events and stuff and all that, and we do interviews too, so who knows? We might meet up with each other. But if you want to listen to some good wrestling stuff and some decent opinions and the facts, then listen to Wrestling 101 with Jackson. I'm the host. He is the co-host. Jackson Booth. So check us out. We are on Spotify. We're pretty much uh, on any platform out there. And we're going to start a YouTube channel this year, so we got a lot of big things going up for us. Yep. So you guys, just listen and check us out, all right? We will Bye. see you later. All right, y'all ready for the last story? Mm. <coughs> last story of the day is of the Appalachian Trail. This one's entitled The Ghost of the Appalachian Trail. It stretches 2,000 miles from Georgia to Maine. The Appalachian Trail covers some of the most rugged and stunning beautiful countries in the United States. Winding its way over mountains, valleys, and it's beloved by hikers kin to uh, experience the peace and the solitude of the wilderness. Leaving the... Uh, Leaving the horrible, horrible of everyday life behind them, thousands travel here each year to keep to uh, each year to kin. Mm, they flock here each year, kin to immerse themselves in the stunning ser uh, scenery and to be at one with nature. Stepped in a supernatural myth. Mythological and history. This uh, wild, untamed territory is also rich in paranormal events. Camping beneath a, a canopy of stars or bucking down in the uh, isolated cabins dotted along the trail, visitors to the area have taken up an old tradition. Like the generations and pioneers that come and come to tame these lands, one one ink black one ink black evenings with only the light of a fire illuminating their campsites. 
They recount the terrifying tales of the ghost of the uh, Appalachian Trail. In a land once inhabited by Native American Indians, and later the uh, pioneering Scottish-Irish story telling is woven into the very soul of the Appalachian Mountains. Isolated, forbidding, and harsh beyond belief, it is around a warm, crackling fire on a cold winter's evening, and tell-tales from the past much have been deeply comforting. For the prisoner, for the prisoners, three thousand miles from homeland, they would have never seen again. Stirring up the ghost of the old lives must have been a way of preserving their proud history. Okay, let's go with the first little ghost tale from there. This is the Great Smoky Mountains. North Carolina. The tale of a spearfinger who has been used to terrify the children of North Carolina for centuries. With her origins in the stories of the uh, Cherokee Indians, you would not want to meet this old old hag on your travels. Uh, spearfinger is reported to be a witch-like character who can take on the gentle personal personal of a uh, gentle grandmother. Roaming the highest peaks of the Smoky Mountains, she is on the lookout for the upsetting children who have wandered away from their parents. Lost, alone, and terrified, she lures children to her by promising to return them to their parents. Once she caught her unsuspecting victims, Spearfinger rocks and sings them to sleep, so basically to die. When they are okay, when they are asleep, they wicked spearfinger uses her finger as sharp as a sharp stone to gauge into their liver of her pure uh, poor victims before before uh, devouring her prize. So she uh, eats the kids. Apparently. What a sick old hag. She needs help. She needs Jesus. Uh, Unfortunately, Spearfinger is not the only ghost roaming the area. Hikers who have found themeless has found themselves lost near Norton Creek and have reported a kindly ghost who helps and guides them on the way. Deep in the forest of Big Ridge State Park, the crumbling ruins of an old homestead can still be seen. Once, uh, can still be seen. Okay, once the home of the Hutchinson family, visitors to the area reported describing paranormal activity around the decaying building. During the later part of the 19th century, the daughter of the household, Mary, became uh, greatly gravely ill one evening one evening a group of neighbors decided to visit this sick girl concerned for her welfare as they walked the trail to the isolated homestead they heard a dog running towards them lifting up their lanterns in the fading evening light they were 
bewildered, then they uh, could see no sign of the animal. Eventually, the group continued to the house and arrived sometime later. Sadly, they were not in time to say goodbye to the dying girl. Mary had passed away at the uh, precious time that the visitors had heard the dog in the forest. To this day, the sound of the dog crying and running frequently through the woods can be heard in the area around the ruined uh, ruins of the uh, around the ruined house. Okay, this story is Crampton's Gap, Fox's Gap, and Spook Hill, Maryland. Like many sites across North America, Maryland has many battles during the American Civil War. In 1862, three battles were fought over the strategic pass of Capman's and Fox Gap on the Appalachian Trail. After many lives were lost, the Confederates retreated, leaving behind a scene of of bloodshed and carnage. Visitors Visitors to the area have since reported ghost soldiers, campfires, and the sound of cannon fire. Travel a few miles away to Spook Hill and you will and you may experience another strange paranormal phenom phenomenon. After After suffering their heavy defeat the Confederates decided to destroy their cannons so they would not fall into enemy hands. Pushing them up Spook Hill, the cannons were dismantled and destroyed at the top. Visitors to the area report they report that if you turn off the engine of your car on a Spook Hill, ghostly hands will push your car up the hill. That's a pretty cool story. Uh, okay, sprinkle, okay, okay, anyways, there's telling you to sprinkle, sprinkle some uh, flour on the back of your car and you'll see the impression of hands. The Battle of Fox Gap took place pretty, uh, partly on the farm of a man called Daniel Wise. Returning to his house after the battle was over, he discovered his property was little, literally with no decaying bodies of hundreds of soldiers. The Union Army, keen to move on, paid Wise $5 for each body he buried on his land. Unfortunately, 58 bodies were not given a proper burial, but tossed into an old well. God, see, man, that sucks. So you know their ghost is haunting there. All right, now we're going to go to... Now, this one sounds familiar, but I'm not real sure. So, uh, if it is, let me know. Bluff, The Bluff Mountain and the Punchbowl Shelter. This is in Virginia. The saddest of all these spirits that haunt the area around the Punchbowl Shelter on Bluff, on Bluff Mountain. The ghost of a four-year-old boy. Commented on a plaque in the area. This is the story of Odie Clint Powell. is a tragic one. In the winter of 1891, four-year-old Odie was gathering kittling in the yard of his tiny school when he 
followed his older brothers deep into the dark woods that surrounded the building. Children by his, uh, or chided, guided by his older brothers and told to return to the safety of the schoolyard, the tiny child wandered in the wrong direction and was lost. Despite frantic search of the forest, no trace of Otis was ever found until the following April when his little body was discovered by hunters. It is thought that he had died of exposure of the night when he was lost that night. Hikers who take advantage of the punchbowl shelter have often reported seeing and hearing <coughs> a little boy in the area. Mm, that's sad. I'd hate to hear that. I know I've told that story before. No? I don't think I have. Uh, well, that's pretty much it for all of them right now. I'll close it with this one. When I... All right. Well, there were some pretty cool stories of the Appalachian Trail. And I'm glad you guys got to, uh, you know, sing along with, or hear them with me. But, man, that was a pretty good show today. I like them stories. They was pretty good. Hope I didn't F them up too much this time, guys. But, man, that was a good show. Feel good about it, man. Some pretty creepy stuff. That's another thing, too, guys. Y'all can interact with me more. I would love it if you do that. Tell me what kind of stuff y'all would like me to look up. Or if you've been to any place at all. And it don't have to be a place that uh, I'm talking about. If you know of a place, email me and tell me your experience there. I don't care talking about it. So, mm, Excuse me. But if you do... Tell me if you want me to use your name or not, because I ain't going to put people's name out here unless they save or something. So, But I hope you guys enjoyed the creepy, creepy stories we had today for you boys and girls. I hope you can sleep good tonight. But this has been Ghost Stories Told from the South, and I am your host, Stephen Lebooth. We will see you later. Bye.